online, on smart speakers and on Listen Again. This is Food FM. Welcome to Flavor Talks with Bella Zoo. I'm Robert Kirbishley. Bella Zoo's new podcast, Flavor Talks, is all about extraordinary and uncompromised flavor. We'll be chatting to our long-standing suppliers, creative chef customers, inspiring influencers, and some of the UK's leading food experts to share adventures and stories behind our favorite ingredients, giving you an insight into our world of food. Today, we have the pleasure of chatting to Edouard Pons, an olive oil producer based in Lleida, Catalonia, and practicing GP, Dr. Simon Poole, who over the last few years has become the go-to authoritative voice on extra virgin olive oil and all its benefits. Hello, welcome to Edouard Pons and Dr. Simon Poole. For the, for the benefit of listeners, um, Edouard, would you mind just introducing yourself and what it is that you do and how you come to be on this podcast? I'm Edouard Pons. Uh, I'm the, the director on uh, Pons uh, company in Spain. Uh, I'm a four generation uh, family producing uh, olive oil in Catalonia, uh, exactly in uh, Lleida. Uh, inland Catalonia. Uh, we were producing olive oil for many years, uh, mainly uh, based on uh, the Arbequina variety. We are working with uh, Belazu uh, since uh, 25 years ago. We have a long relationship uh, supplying uh, olive oil uh, to, to Belazu uh, since that time. And this is the, the close relation we're developing uh, in terms of uh, olive oil from our family, from our company uh, to you. Fantastic. Thank you, Edouard. And Simon, if you could do the same, that would be great. Sure, Bob. Thank you very much indeed. And thank you very much indeed for inviting me on the podcast. Yes, so I'm a family physician uh, based in Cambridge uh, in England, and uh, I have been increasingly interested in the Mediterranean diet and in the particular health benefits of extra virgin olive oil. Over the last 15 years, as I've seen the evidence for how important lifestyle medicine is in terms of preventing chronic diseases, uh, I started talking to my patients about, uh, about the Mediterranean diet, and they returned uh, with much better blood pressures, losing weight, and feeling so much better. And so then I started to uh, really focus on the communication of all the fascinating science, and now I do quite a lot of public speaking, um, I've written a couple of books and really just uh, endeavoring to get the message out there about the benefits of the Mediterranean diet so that people can lead healthier and happier lives. Fantastic. So, Edouard, you're, um, you're doing the harvest at the moment for this year, for 2021. Is that correct? Yeah, we're in the middle of the harvest. Let's say we're on the 60% on this moment. Uh, you know, uh, harvest is depending a little bit uh, on the area in Spain we are located and on the variety. Uh, let's say... Uh, Arbequina, our variety, it's well advanced at this moment. We can say this year is that the crop will be not uh, very long, but uh, the quality is here. The quality is very good at the moment. And, and what, what, because we've had a, uh, I think we've had a rotten year of growing in, <laughs> in the UK um, this year. It's, it's just been, oh, for certain, certain foods and fruits. What particularly has made it good this year, do you think? We had here in Spain a uh, dry year. We had not too much rains. Uh, in the beginning of the year, we had uh, snow, we had uh, humidity, rain, but all of a sudden in summertime, uh, we had another period, uh, very, very dry uh, till now, you know. I think uh, all this uh, situation gave us uh, less quantity on fruits. Let's say I can talk about our two fruits, our grapes uh, and olives. Uh, mm -hmm. We have less quantity, but uh, more concentration, uh, more aromas. Uh, yeah. The product uh, in terms uh, of taste, uh, it's quite better comparing with uh, the last uh, two years, but the, the production is less. Uh, clearly it's less. The yield is good. Uh, that means the quantity of oil we get from a quantity of olives, it's, it's high. Uh, we can talk about a couple of points more comparing with uh, other seasons, which is good. Compend, uh, that equilibrates a little bit the production, but in general, the crop will be, will be short. Uh, that's, that's a reality. Uh, with the numbers we have on hand today, we can talk about uh, a crop about uh, 65, 70 percent comparing uh, to a normal crop. Blimey. 
So is is this the is this the trade off then? If you have a, I'm not going to say it's a poor year, but if you if if the trees produce less olives, the quality of the oil will it always be better? And 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 vice versa. If you have a you know a, a, a very abundant year, does uh, does the oil uh, quality degrade, or is is there just is it like with most natural things? Is there just no hard and fast rule? Mm, not there is no our relationship uh, about about that. Uh, we can have uh, big years in terms of quantity uh, with lots of quality and vice versa. No, we can have short short years with uh, with bad quality. It depends a little bit about uh, the climate. No, uh, climate uh, in one side determines the volume. Let's say every, uh, the the water the the rain. Uh, determinates uh, the size of the crop, but uh, it depends on the moment. For us, it's very important to have rain on the winter time and uh, spring. Uh, normally, years with uh, nice rain uh, during, let's say, January to June uh, are years. The land is wet and trees develop well. The structure of the olive, the the water coming after. Uh, June, it's the water determining the quantity, but not the quality. For that reason, the total rain determines the volume, but the moment of the rain determines uh, more the quality. Plus, there's so many variables, and I, and I should perhaps explain to uh, to people who are listening that um, I think I hope you'd agree, Edward, that, that where you grow is not how where most people would imagine uh, olives to grow. It's um, you're quite high where you are, and it, and it's not a region which is completely arid, is it? It's not just it's not what people expect of where you get in southern Spain. It's extraordinarily hot. You do get very cold in the winter, and it can be quite wet. Is that correct? Yeah, it's a particular area. Uh, we talk about uh, in geographics. We are in Catalonia. We are in Lleida. Uh, let's say it's in between Barcelona and Madrid, uh, north, uh, 120 kilometers from the border with France. Uh, that means we are really, really north in Spain. Uh, the land we have here is uh, clay. The altitude uh, it's uh, between 500 and 700 meters altitude, uh, which is which is uh, medium medium mountains. It's uh, collines, you no, know, uh, where where we are. And the the land uh, it's not that uh, classic arid uh, land you can see in the south of Spain. Uh, it's quite different, which means it's a little bit richer uh, our kind of uh, soil in in this area. But uh, it's Spain, which means at the end, uh, it's, we have lots of sun. Uh, summertime, uh, we go till, uh, for example, uh, this uh, July, we had 44 centigrade. Uh, and today, today, this morning, we, this, this morning, we start picking olives at minus, minus one. And normal temperature will reach uh, on the next uh, two months will be minus 10. That means uh, from minus 10 to 44, uh, think about it's uh, 54 uh, difference. Uh, it's a big bridge. That means uh, we have a pure continental continental weather. No, uh, not too much uh, humidity. Our summer is hot and dry. Our winter is uh, cold and dry. And that's very good for the olives, which mean uh, the olives, uh, they love uh, this kind of climate, which means extremes. Uh, humidity uh, is not a good thing for the olive tree. Olive trees, they live perfectly in our area because they are totally adapted uh, to, this, uh, to this climate. It, I mean, I've, I've, I'm lucky that I've been. Simon, I don't think you've been, have you, yet to uh, Yeda? No, I haven't been yet, but I, I would love to visit uh, Edward. And, you know, uh, listening to Edward describe the conditions and describe his olive trees uh, just reminds me how much respect I have for growers and producers who work so hard because it just reminds us what a natural product this this is you know we, we have so many processed foods in our in our life but you know olive oil extra virgin olive oil you know dependent on the weather dependent on how it's treated how the seasons are 
these extremes of temperature, um, and uh, often, incidentally, which increase the antioxidant levels. If you have a, a, a tree that's growing uh, in, in highly variable temperatures, and indeed at a bit of altitude, it protects itself from the challenges of that environment by producing lots of uh, antioxidants, which we see in, in the final product, and which affect the taste, of course. And so just listening to Edward um, uh, is, is really fascinating in terms of the work that he has to put in each year to create a, a unique, uh, unique product, which, 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 and it's so wonderful to hear about these products, which are so authentic, uh, which we can, you know, trace back to 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 uh, to people like Edouard, who, who, uh, as I say, put so much passion into into producing the the extra virgin olive oil we love. And I think, you know, sometimes I see extra virgin olive oils, you know, for two euros a, a per bottle. And I, or, or two pounds a bottle, and I'm thinking, how can you produce, you know, such a natural uh, product for that kind of money? And I think we, the lessons to me is that we need to value uh, very much the kind of product that uh, the, the extra virgin olive oil that, that Edward is working so hard to produce in, in such extremes of, uh, uh, of, of of temperature variation and weather. And you know, I think every year that olive oil will tell a story about the season. You know, it'll tell a story. Mm-hmm about the winds, the mistral winds that have come across. It'll tell a story about when the first frosts were. It'll tell a story about uh, about the heat and that 44 degrees. And each year, there will be a slightly different story, a slightly different taste in that extra virgin olive oil because of because of what it's been through in that year with these with these old trees absolutely i mean and, and actually i've got i've got two questions i want to ask and, and i'm going to take the i'm going to take the heat off you edward after you've uh, answered this hopefully but because i think also simon and, and edward because uh, they're not an in, it's not an indigenous crop to this country i think we're we're kind of uh, oblivious to to what really how they're um how they are produced and what what amount of work what type of work Work goes in so you know we all know that the, uh, the dairy farmer gets up at three o'clock in the morning to go out and do the first milk etc most of us know anyway if you're interested in food fairly quickly I don't, I, I don't want to um, I don't want to put too much strain on you but c- could you just take us through your year and what you actually have to do well the thing is uh, we are surrounded here in Spain uh, about cooperatives uh, where uh, the, the kind of production it's uh, quite uh, quite different you know uh, let's say as a family uh, our production it's absolutely uh, integrated which means it's more global we, we need to think more about uh, every step in the process uh, to guarantee uh, the results uh, to keep all the flavor and the aromas inside inside the product you know by now, uh, for example, right now we are in the middle of the crop. Uh, the crop uh, is very stressful. Today the climate uh, globally is changing, and this is something uh, the last days uh, we were talking uh, a lot about, uh, about climate. And it's a reality, which means uh, we want to start early, uh, having uh, early harvest, but uh, we cannot start too early because it's really warm. You know, uh, this is very, very challenging uh, in this moment, you know, because uh, we love to start producing olive oil last week of September, first week of uh, November. But uh, the problem is this year, for example, these days in Spain, we had temperatures like uh, 34, 35. It's impossible to produce olive oil at that temperature. We need uh, colder weather uh, to produce good olive oil. Then, if we wait too much, uh, the next problem we have is if we have a frost, which means if we go, let's say, under a minus six, minus seven, then it's it's too late because uh, the olive lost uh, the, the quality because uh, the olive die, die on the tree, and uh, then um, there is no uh, good flavors. Then for us right now, it's very challenging to pick the olives in a short period of time. Every time the, the period is shorter and shorter, and we need to keep those days, uh, we have no frost, we have no high temperatures. Uh, it's a little bit stressful to choose the period uh, to get the best quality from uh, from the olives. Once we finish uh, this period, we are a little bit relaxed. Uh, we concentrate our work uh, to 
filter, decanter, the olive oil, to bottle the olive oil. But in terms of farm, uh, nothing happened on uh, December, January and February, which means we leave uh, the trees and relax uh, for two, three months. And then uh, just when uh, we see the first steps uh, on, on springtime, let's say, March, uh, when everything here uh, starts to be reactivated, uh, we start with the process. We continue with the process. The first thing we do at that moment is pruning. We try to do the, an accurate pruning. Uh, that means some years we need to do an intensive pruning uh, to regenerate uh, more branches and more energy for the next crop. And some years not, uh, some years if, we the, if, the, if we, the year before was uh, short in water, uh, in rain, uh, we need to do uh, a short, uh, short pruning. During, uh, during the year, uh, we take care uh, constantly about, uh, because one thing I need to, to explain is we do organic farming. Uh, which means uh, we don't uh, use any any chemicals in our in our fields in our in our land. That means we need to control uh, constantly if everything goes right. You know, uh, doing organic uh, agriculture, uh, the controls uh, must be uh, constantly. And uh, the big uh, the big job uh, during the year is to control the the plugs. Uh, uh, to control uh, the irrigation. We have some farms, we can irrigate a little bit. Uh, and, uh, when uh, we have not too much water, we try to, to irrigate uh, this, uh, this, this water. We, we irrigate the, the, the farm, just uh, waiting for the next crop, which means uh, pruning and harvesting are the two, the two important moments during the year. I knew this was coming. It's, it's not, I think a lot of people have the idea that you, you just leave the trees alone and, and then you kind of, you, you just pick them and then just leave them be. Um, as it certainly isn't like that. It's, it's, it's a, particularly if you're farming organically, it's quite a, it can, I, it can be quite a challenging year. So my, my question, I'm, I'm going to come to Simon for this. And uh, sorry, Simon, this is going to be a bit of a humdinger. But I mean, how, how do you think olive oil fits into the British food landscape? I mean, bearing in mind up until I think the sort of mid to late 80s, uh, chemists were the only place you could buy um, olive oil. Yes, probably Edward doesn't know the reason for that. <laughs> Edward, the reason why uh, we could only buy uh, olive oil in the chemist is because uh, it was uh, only used to uh, wash out your ears and to clear and clean your ears of wax, which is always a, a, a story that amuses uh, um, uh, people from, from the Mediterranean area. So I think um, extra virgin olive oil is having a, a, an increasing um, exposure in the UK and, and Northwestern Europe and the USA. And, and I think part of that is because we are beginning to realize and understand the extraordinary health benefits specific to extra virgin olive oil. So the Mediterranean diet over the last few years um, has really been in ascendancy. Um, I mean, it's won the US News uh, prestigious awards for the best diet for the last four years. And, and this, is a, this is an ancient diet that is not a fad diet. It, 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 it's, it's not going to go anywhere. This is really um, the traditional diet of the Mediterranean, which we know is associated with a reduced risk of so many diseases, Alzheimer's yeah. disease. Um, heart disease, strokes, diabetes, um, um, and, and so on. And so as the Mediterranean diet has gained in some popularity because of its health benefits, so we are seeing an increased interest in extra virgin olive oil. But of course, there are quite a lot of challenges to that because it's not, say, a native product of, of, of the UK. Um, and so there are a lot of misunderstandings about extra virgin olive oil. People believe, for example, that what is labeled olive oil, which is a refined product, uh, gives the same benefits, but it, it clearly doesn't because it is stripped of the anti-inflammatory and antioxidant uh, polyphenols, we call them, um, in that processing. So it has to be extra virgin olive oil for that uh, 
uh, for that, that those health benefits, really. That's pommy soil. Well, or indeed just what's described as olive oil, which is a olive good brand. fat. It's a good monounsaturated fat, but that is a processed version uh, of extra virgin olive oil. And so if we really want to have the anti-inflammatory and antioxidant components, um, really it's got to be it's got to be extra virgin olive oil. Um, olive oil itself is a relatively modern uh, um, a product when uh, the oil is shipped off to the refinery because it doesn't meet the quality standards of extra virgin olive oil, which yeah. depends on uh, taste, which which also reflects the amount of healthy uh, antioxidants that it contains. So I think people are beginning to understand and realize a little bit about the importance of extra virgin olive oil. But I think the kind of education that we, we need to get across is just how fundamental extra virgin olive oil is within the Mediterranean diet. So really, you can take the Mediterranean diet out of olive oil, but you can't take the olive oil out of, Medi out of the Mediterranean diet, so to speak. Um, yeah. it, it really is fundamental. And the studies which show the benefit of the Mediterranean diet uh, usually use scoring systems which show that people are consuming 30 to 50 mils of extra virgin olive oil per day in cooking and in drizzling uh, and in, 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 you know, for taste. Um, and so extra virgin olive oil is really a, a very ubiquitous and fundamental component of the various regional variations of the Mediterranean diet um, and combining it with vegetables and, and cooking with it as well has been shown to add uh, add benefits. So I think I think that message is getting through. I mean, there are some there are some confusing uh, uh, me messages out. People trying to, uh, to to kind of use other fats and say that you can substitute extra virgin olive oil with, for example, rapeseed oil or canola oil. But really, if you want to uh, get the true extra true Mediterranean diet, it has to be extra virgin olive oil. Yeah, and, and, and there's, I know there's an awful lot of reasons for that. I mean, it, it's, it is fascinating. I mean, I've just started reading your, uh, your new book, The Real Mediterranean Diet. And I know we've discussed it before because we, we've met a couple of times. There's still so much research to be done on, which is, which is bizarre when you think about it. It is a food that has been around historically since, what do we say, 4000 BC, we think? And, and, and certainly, you know, it has been, uh, has, has been a fundamental of the Mediterranean diet. And yet it's taken science and, and the medical profession an awful long time to kind of seriously look at it. So that we're, it, is it, it's true to say, is it not, that there's still an awful lot more to discover about what olive oil does? Absolutely, Bob. I mean, what is really exciting, but slightly um, humbling, I think, is that we are beginning now to scientifically explain things that have been known to generations of people uh, living in the Mediterranean, sort of intuitively known about the health benefits. So if you look back at those thousands of years of this, of this wonderful diet, when the first olive trees were cultivated in the Levant area uh, in the near, near Middle East, um, and, and then when the Phoenicians uh, brought it across the Mediterranean uh, and into places like, like Spain, uh, where, where Edouard is, um, you know, we can see the story of the health benefits being being written down. So Hippocrates used uh, olive oil in many of his his recipes. Um, there was a, a, a Roman uh, called uh, Dioscorides. He was actually a Greek, but he was living in the Roman times, who described the use of the earliest bitterest, greenest olive oil uh, as a medicine. And we now know that that actually is probably the richest in the anti-inflammatory and antioxidant components. So maybe he knew a thing or two. But certainly food, food has always been uh, important for health uh, over, over generations of people have known this. Now, the science is describing the Mediterranean diet. And we, we're, we're understanding the Mediterranean diet is a really great diet because it has uh, low glycemic carbohydrates. It has high quality proteins, which contain fiber as well, because they're often proteins from, from plant sources. We know that the fats are, are good fats, predominantly from, from, from olive oil. But we're now learning about these exciting anti-inflammatory components like polyphenols. We're also learning that extra virgin olive oil in itself can actually even affect genes. So there's some research which is just beginning to show how it can switch on and switch off genes that are associated with increased risk of cancer. And of course, the gut microbiome, those trillions of, of gut microbes that we live in, in healthy uh, symbiotic relationship with. Again, there's some really interesting new evidence coming to the fore 
about how extra virgin olive oil as part of the olive uh, as part of the mediterranean diet really feeds and nurtures our good gut microbes which are so important for health and how many of us wake up in a morning and think well what am i going to feed my gut microbes on today the answer to that is a great mediterranean diet with, with, with fantastic olive oil um, um, like, like, like that produced by, by Edouard. Is this, is this news to you, Edouard? Are you totally aware of uh, just how good olive oil is? Absolutely, which means uh, we know exactly uh, the gold product we have in our, in our hands. Uh, it's uh, the, the olive oil uh, in the Mediterranean uh, is the base of our uh, of our uh, food, uh, which means uh, I always uh, used to explain to everybody coming to visit us is in Spain. If we have no olive oil at home, we have we have no idea what to eat. Which means we need olive oil for everything because it's absolutely inside our culture, and it's in our culture uh, because uh, it's not a food; it's a medicine. Olive oil, it's it's a real medicine. Uh, all these levels of anti-inflammatories, the E vitamin, the polyphenols uh, are extraordinary. Which means uh, just to think about uh, in terms of uh, cholesterol, uh, olive oil increase uh, the good cholesterol. Uh, which mean which is basic uh, many times uh, people it's very concerned about uh, the total cholesterol but it's basic to have uh, good levels of good cholesterol that means uh, the ratio between uh, total cholesterol and uh, good cholesterol it's very important and olive oil it's part of it which means one of the products uh, giving you your proper good cholesterol is is the olive oil for that reason uh, i really recommend uh, to use olive oil as uh, the best fat uh, you can use i want to say extra version you know uh, you were talking about that before because uh, olive oil it's a big family the consumer must be focused in extra version if it's organic even better but extraversion, because it's a real, real, real difference between extraversion and all the rest of the family, mainly in terms of E vitamin and polyphenols. And is this, so in Spain, this is something that people just take for granted. They, is it just eaten because it's always been eaten or is it eaten because they love it and they, uh, they understand that it's incredibly good for you? Because it seems to me Simon spends an awful lot of his time traveling this country and, and indeed the world trying to to explain it to people and and it, it i'm not I, you know i'm not sure and we have it as a company and i'm not entirely sure um how well we do trying to explain to people so is it just because it's a tradition or is it is it a mixture of that and the uh, the fact that it's good for you in spain that people use it and continue to use it well it's a triple situation uh, the first thing is a tradition uh, that's for sure, which means we born uh, here and uh, olive oil, it's, uh, it's everywhere all the time. That means uh, we grow uh, and in our food, uh, the, the, the olive oil is part of it. Uh, that means that part, uh, it's, uh, it's a tradition. Then uh, during uh, the, I would say the last 25 years, uh, doctors uh, were talking a lot about uh, all the properties on, uh, on olive oil. That means we were using the olive oil by tradition, but all of a sudden uh, we were discovering, uh, I'm talking about the general consumer in Spain, uh, was discovering that um, olive oil uh, was very good. A part of flavor, a good flavor on the food, it was a real medicine to prevent uh, many, many diseases. No? A part of that, uh, I would say that the third point uh, in, the, in our culture is during the last years, because people discovered here in Spain that the real olive oil to prevent was the extraversion, the consumer locally has turned it to extraversion olive oil because the big consumption, many years ago it was focused more in regular olive oil, let's say, uh, pure olive oil, you know, uh, mainly refined olive oil. And the consumption right now, uh, it's, it's changing. Even here in a country like Spain where olive oil is, uh, is basic, uh, right now uh, 
the consumption on extra virgin olive oil is growing and growing and growing and the consumption on normal oil normal olive oil it's decreasing because uh, every day uh, people it's looking for these uh, polyphenols uh, looking for more the antioxidants and answering you uh, tradition is the base but uh, all the news we have on the table are turning the consumption to top extra virgins. So uh, that that uh, this move from lower quality olive oil to higher quality is this is this a problem? Is this something? Is it, is this good for you, or is it uh, or is it a problem? And I, and I, what I'd like to I, I want to sort of connect this, and I, I'd like to go back to Simon because we have a we have a bit of a problem I think in this country with food snobbery. Um, so so Edward, is it a, is it a problem that people want a higher quality, or is it is it just a good thing across the board? It's it's a fantastic thing uh, when the consumer is looking for uh, quality. It's a perfect match for us uh, because at the end we are uh, real farmers, uh, we are uh, real producers on olive oil, producing all the day uh, top quality, looking for top quality and as a company uh, we enjoy a lot uh, that change going to, to top, going to quality, you know. Um, the market, the market is plenty of uh, average products uh, with uh, no uh, DNA and origin, you know. And I think uh, this uh, this change in the market, looking for uh, real quality, it's an excellent, an excellent news uh, for for us. Well, that's good. That is good to hear. But I mean, so Simon, I mean, um, I'm sure you know what I mean by the, the the kind of food snob element in this country. And it kind of there's an inverse snobbery um, which tends to be kind of um, touted by the press. I think so. If you see a celebrity coming out of a of a delicatessen with a with a 25, 30 pound bottle of olive oil, then they get kind of lambasted for it. I mean, is is that is is that a, in any way? A problem? Do you come across that as a problem? Do you see that as an issue that people go, "Oh, it's not for me. It's it's too posh. It's too this." Is is that something, or am, am I just in my own little bubble here? Well, it's interesting you talk about bubbles, um, Bob, because um, I think what you're saying is, in to some extent, very true. Uh, but there are mixed populations, and so whilst I follow the the science of, of of extra virgin olive oil and the Mediterranean diet very very closely. Because my role is increasingly around communication, uh, I look also at the uh, at the market research and the consumer based research about consumers' habits. And although Edward, Edward quite rightly says that there are a section, uh, there's a section of the population uh, in Spain and in the UK who are increasingly understanding about extra, extra virgin olive oil and wanting to have increasing quality of extra virgin olive oil. But you don't have to pay £30 a bottle for that, but you know, you have to pay a reasonable amount in order to get this, this extraordinary uh, product, which we've already seen is quite challenging to grow. So there is, there are groups of consumers who are looking for this kind of quality and who understand, and who understand uh, Edward's story about cholesterol. And actually, there's even better news about that, which is, which is about its anti-inflammatory and its antioxidant effect on cholesterol plaques. So, so there are groups of populations, but Unfortunately, there are m many, many groups uh, out there of consumers who are actually even turning away from, from, from extra virgin olive oil and olive oil. So in the Mediterranean, where traditionally the only fat available has been uh, olive oil and extra virgin olive oil, um, actually there has over the last 20 to 30 years, particularly in places like Greece, been an increase in consumption of other oils like vegetable oils. And in fact, actually, if you look at the, at the movement towards and away from uh, a Mediterranean diet, actually Greece in recent years has been moving away from the Mediterranean diet precisely because people have been looking for cheaper products, looking for cheaper oils, um, and we've seen an increase sadly uh, in levels of obesity in parts of the Mediterranean as people have actually turned away from those traditional uh, uh, diets. Um, so we have to counter that. Uh, uh, as Edward and as you so rightly say, with reaffirming uh, our knowledge and our increasing awareness 
of the health benefits uh, and that this is a product absolutely worth paying for and it should not just be a product for uh, um, for 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 certain uh, classes of, of the population and you know I, I mean Bellazoo is, is an example of a company where you are producing really high quality products at pretty affordable prices and I think let's not forget that um, in order to consume a reasonable amount of extra virgin olive oil costs about 40 50p a day and and people I think can access that and in studies done for example in the in the USA where they've looked at the expense of a Mediterranean diet versus a, a standard American diet even with the inclusion of extra virgin olive oil with fresh vegetables fresh produce and teaching people to scratch cook actually having the Mediterranean diet with extra virgin olive oil even though it's a very valuable product can in fact be cheaper than uh, some of the highly processed uh, and much less healthy food. So I think we've got to get the message out there, not only about the benefits of extra virgin olive oil, but about about its value, its relative value, and, and how it can be incorporated into an economic diet as long as it's used with scratch cooking with plenty of, uh, of vegetables uh, in, 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 a, in a healthy diet. Simon, I mean, where do you, where do you see food, food going in, in, uh, in this country in, sort of, in that sort of time period? Do you think we are going to move begrudgingly into a more plant-based and healthy diet? Do you think there's going to be a massive tussle between those who just want to produce cheap food for a maximum profit or what, what are your thoughts on, on, uh, on that? Well, I mean, what an interesting conversation, what an interesting debate, because clearly we are at a, a point where we would potentially have every reason to be quite uh, downbeat and quite depressed, because on the one hand, you know, we, are, we have seen in the last 20 years an extraordinary rise in the levels of obesity and levels of diabetes and other chronic diseases. And in fact, actually now for the for the first time, I think in recorded history, uh, the life expect expectation, uh, the life life expectancy rather of somebody born in the the U.S. and Northwest Europe is actually falling. So um, we've had that. We've obviously on a uh, we're in the midst of a climate crisis, um, and at the same time, we've just had uh, this awful pandemic. So one might feel that we have every reason to be pretty downbeat and pretty depressed. However, mm. you know it is very reassuring to hear Edward talk about his investment in the future, his ad adaption, his ad adaptation to the uh, the changes that we're facing in terms of in terms of climate. Um, and I, you know, I think that maybe one thing that the pandemic has taught us, um, and I'm certainly getting this feedback from my patients and and working in a public health arena, I'm getting the feedback that actually people are really beginning to understand that those people who have been most affected by the pandemic are those people who have been unfortunately carrying um, chronic diseases like diabetes and, and blood pressure problems like cardiac problems. And there is some evidence that, um, that going into uh, this pandemic with a, a Mediterranean-based diet actually did give you uh, irrespective almost of, of, of any whether you had any pre-existing disease gave you a better chance uh, of, of, of making it through this this terrible virus so I think there is beginning to be a change a recognition that actually we have to consume our food and value our food differently not only for our own health but also for the health of the planet and so it may be that uh, Edward's um, the early signs perhaps of of people in the Mediterranean area uh, um, who are valuing going back to more traditional diets that may well begin to spread. And so what we've talked about in the last 10 to 20 years about moving away from the Mediterranean uh, diet in the Mediterranean itself and and also this increase in processed food and, and, and ultra processed food that we've seen in Northwest Europe and, and, and the States and also the Mediterranean, may be reversed by people really reconnecting with the benefits of nutrition uh, and also realizing that we have to eat eat for the planet. We have to eat to keep uh, a sustainable um, agricultural uh, agriculture. And, you know, um, it, it's interesting because we... we we, we should be eating less red meat in terms of, uh, in terms of uh, a more healthy planet. There's no doubt, I think, about that now. 
Um, and it's very interesting because a great friend of mine, uh, Professor Antonio Tricopolu, who is uh, the doyen, probably the, the, the leading light of research in the Mediterranean diet over the last 20 to 30 years, she says, she says, you know, Simon, she said, it's not that, that Greeks, that we like vegetables any more than you. It's just that we can consume more because we have it with beautiful extra virgin olive oil. And, you know, I think that's really interesting because the Greeks in the traditional diet consume 750 grams of vegetables a day as opposed to our measly 250 grams. And, you know, extra virgin olive oil is is such a fundamental part of, of a plant-based Mediterranean healthy diet that I think if we uh, consume extra virgin olive oil, enjoy it, and we haven't really talked much about taste so far, but, you know, that there's the, the, there's there's a fruitiness, but also there's this slight bitterness and, and real exciting pepperiness and spiciness uh, that we can get from a really healthy, uh, really sustainable, uh, really antioxidant rich extra virgin olive oil. And, you know, if we consume it, it makes a plant based diet much more palatable. Um, and I think that's, again, a message that, uh, that that we need that we need to get across. Let's sort of finish on a on a on a, a lighter note, um, which which is the, the, the taste of, of olive oil. And because I know, I mean, my I've uh, I'm in my 14th year of working for Bella Zoo and I, I spent eight of those years down at Borough Market and it's and it's extraordinary that the um, I, I'm very prone to saying the the British attitude but maybe it's a maybe it's just a human attitude towards bitterness and towards pungency and the, the flavors of olive oil and I know that there is that there's the story which I don't believe is apocryphal about in America where they um, they researched they they gave uh, a, a test group of people a sample of rancid oil and they gave uh, them a, a sample of the finest highest quality oil and they pretty much all chose the rancid oil because that's what they were used to tasting that's what they got off the shelves in America and there is this within the olive oil industry uh, with the bigger boys certainly there is this this attitude of it's what I term kind of the, the graphic equalizer of taste where they tone down the grassiness or the bitterness the pungency and and actually you know those things are as you as you just said there are many many different flavors and and uh, presumably then all those flavors, uh, the, those antioxidants, they all perform different things within the body and the way they interact with food. The antioxidants that you're describing uh, are produced by the plant actually to prevent the, uh, the, the, the tree itself or the plant from, uh, from oxygen, from oxidation, which is obviously a highly uh, reactive uh, chemical uh, and which potentially damages, damages tissue, not only of the plant, but if we, if we actually have too many uh, oxygen-free radicals uh, in our bodies, they can potentially damage our cells. And so, so the plant rather cleverly produces these antioxidants. And at the same time, it, it often uh, makes them slightly bitter uh, and, uh, uh, and that's potentially to protect it from uh, being consumed by, by passing, passing goats or, or, or cows. Uh, so, so actually the plants are very smart. They produce these, these polyphenol antioxidants to protect themselves from, 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 from oxidation, from free, free radicals, from oxygen, uh, also from, from herbivores consuming them. Uh, and also they often have some antibacterial element as well. So they're a protective uh, um, uh, feature, uh, which is particularly rich. And there are some very special ones in, in, in the olive fruit, not least because the olive tree has to grow in particularly harsh uh, environments, exposed to lots of UV light, uh, often uh, um, without much irrigation uh, uh, and so on in this, in, this, in this hard and tough environment. And then we get the benefits of those antioxidants uh, when, when we consume, particularly extra virgin olive oil uh, uh, as well. And those antioxidants often have, have taste. They often have pungency, pepperiness, and bitterness, and you're absolutely right, Bob. That um, that our taste, our palate, is about what we often, what we've got used to. Um, and um, and as you say, there was a research, there was a research, a genuine piece of research in the states showing that people actually preferred rancid olive oil without any bitterness, um, uh, without actually any fruitiness, without any 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 real positive flavor attributes, because that's what they were used to. And, and a lot of the big producers of olive, of, of olive oil um, or quite low quality extra virgin olive oil will say, oh, well, consumers like a bland, uh, a bland uh, oil. They don't like 
bitterness. Mm. But you know, I, I think this again is about education because once people get a, a, a taste for that, once people understand about the taste of, of olive oil, it, it's it's like a, a moment. Uh, where it's a sort of light bulb moment. It, it's 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 the light on the road of Damascus. People people really kind of get. Gosh, this is a really exciting, really interesting food, and and. You know, when when I do some tasting sessions with with with, uh, with 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 the public or with or with patients around around olive oil, you know, we say, well, you know, what might you what might you what foods are your favourite? And and often people say, oh, I love pint of, a pint of bitter, and I I go to the spice palette for my curry. So you say, well, <laughs> so you do like bitterness and you do like spiciness, um, and yeah. um, yes, and, and as soon as people kind of start to explore these different uh, flavours, people really begin to value them, and and then. Uh, you, they can even go on to value different styles of extra virgin olive oil and and perhaps go for something with a bit more pungency and a bit more pepperiness with 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 with, with certain foods and a lighter uh, uh, um, uh, perhaps slightly less bitter oil for for, for perhaps with fish uh, or, or a salad. So so again, this is all about education, education, educating people that. Uh, that those tastes are, t- are, are are a really valuable source, just like herbs and spices give us really interesting uh, um, flavor attributes, um, and, and educating the link between those flavors and the health benefits uh, derived from these polyphenol antioxidants. Yeah, you see, I think it doesn't. I always remember Prince Charles going to reopen Borough Market when it had been and went through that extensive uh, restoration, and he was he was given a given a glass of. Um, of olive oil, and he said, really? Do, do I have to try it like this? And uh, and he he he, he, tried, he he wouldn't drink it. He spat it out. So it, clearly, that's you know that kind of thing is going to have an effect. But you do come across that. I mean, pe- people always they still um, they still want to taste it with bread when actually it has a a wonderful and u- unique um, flavor of its own. But that that education, um, it's I mean it's it is something that we. I wouldn't say we struggle with it, but but getting people to, as you said, you already enjoy bitterness. If you drink bitter, even if you drink something like gin or, or tonic water, there's a bitter element there. This is this is nothing new. Those tastes, when we taste olive oil by itself, and those people um, like Edouard who are, who are testing his oil to make sure it's absolutely spot on uh, and a beautiful oil, we'll taste it without bread. And sommeliers, people who are tasting, people are tasting to ensure that it's extra virgin olive oil, we'll taste it just by itself. But of course, as soon as you add extra virgin olive oil to other foods, those uh, particularly bitter or particularly uh, peppery notes actually get mixed in with the other flavors and it becomes uh, becomes much more palatable to people who who are not used to that kind of thing so so I think it's a it's it, it's actually helping people to understand that with food and with particularly um, you know the right kind of foods um, um, olive oil it just has these these beautiful uh, beautiful flavors um, and the only other thing to add Bob is that the highlight of this podcast for me is hearing you do an impression of Prince Charles I think you should have your own theory <laughs> doing yeah I mean it, it, the, it's one of the things I learned from the sommelier course really is um, is, is it, it well not one of the things I, I learned so much doing the olive oil sommelier course but the it's and I, I've completely uh, purloined uh, that the phrase which is each there's an oil out there for everybody you just have to learn to recognize it so so whether that be the Tajiaska which is you know for the butter butter country people where they don't want any of those flavors or something from Calabria which is picante and really really pungent um that the, there is an awful lot to go at so I, i'm just wondering whether we should perhaps wind this up with uh with with what what which flavors you enjoy the most what is it you look for in uh in an olive oil uh, edouard we should start with you what is your i hate using the word but what's your perfect olive oil you were you were talking uh the, the reality it's uh, there is no olive oil if we don't have a fruitiness if we don't have aroma <clears throat> if uh, we don't feel uh, the grass inside uh, if there is no pungency uh, if uh, if we don't have all these attributes that's not extra virgin olive oil you know which means um, olive oils uh, they need to have that but uh, my my ideal olive oil it's the olive oil uh, with uh, a medium level of pungency and uh, a low level of bitterness you know um, and we reach all these uh, ideal flavors 
based on the variety. Uh, for me, uh, we are very fortunate in our region because our olive number one is the Arbequina. And the Arbequina is uh, the variety giving us uh, all this profile, which means uh, with Arbequina we have a pungency, uh, spiciness, uh, medium low level of uh, bitterness, and a high level on uh, fruitiness. And for me, that's the ideal uh, olive oil. Uh, if you want more bitterness or you want uh, a high level of pungency, uh, we need to go to other varieties. But uh, after many years uh, analyzing what the consumer wants and what's a good olive oil to offer in the market, I'll say the olive uh, giving us all this balance is the, the Arbequina. Excellent. My answer to that, Bob, is that um, it, it's like the question about which country produces the best olive oil uh, or which or indeed which which far, which farmer um, produces the best olive oil, which, of course, is Edward, without doubt today. Um, but, um, but, so, and, and that question uh, is, 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 I think, um, the, the wonderful thing, actually, I think, is it can be answered in many, many ways. And the one thing that learning and understanding about uh, uh, extra virgin olive oil has taught me is that um, clearly it needs to uh, have certain basic parameters uh, that Edwards described, the, the, the fruitiness and the aromas and the bitterness and a little bit of pungency and so on. But for me, my, my, my ideal oil is, is, which, is whichever oil that I'm choosing to enjoy today and with my food. And, and I think it's really important to be able to celebrate all good quality extra virgin olive oil. So I will have an oil, currently I've got an oil actually in a box. Uh, it's a Spanish oil, it's, a, it's, it's an oil in the box for the kitchen. Um, it's a beautiful oil and it's a very, very acceptable oil to, to add for drizzling. But you know, economics of it, it's a three liter or five liter can. Um, and then, and then uh, I will have a couple of different extra virgin olive oils on the go. I've got, I've got a very, very uh, pungent uh, one from, from, from Italy at the moment. Um, um, and I've also got one, one, one from Greece. So I, and, and I, can, I can put those with different meals and, and I can really enjoy that, uh, that experience of having a different oil uh, um, with different meals, knowing that I'm getting those health benefits from a variety uh, of extra virgin olive oils. So I think I think my answer is find your oils, find find the, the extra virgin olive oils that you love, and and then even experiment further. Um, Edward Pons, uh, Dr. Simon Poole, thank you so much. It's it's been a pleasure. Um, so thank you both very much indeed. Thank you. Thank you. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please feel free to leave a rating and review. We'd really appreciate you taking the time to let us know what you think. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and LinkedIn, or go to bellazoo.com. Thank you very much for listening and hope you can join us next time. To find out more about Food FM and our content, go to foodfmradio.com.